Okay, we should really start this podcast. I'm ready. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Movies Planning to My Girlfriend, a movie rewatch podcast where a movie nerd tests the limits of his long suffering partner's patience by forcing her to watch a movie and then listen to a variety of useless information about said movie. I'm your host, Connor Quinlan, and I'm joined by my co host and partner, Andrea Tai. Hi, Andrea. Hi, Connor. So, before we get into this week's movie, last week when we were recording the. Uh, when Harry Met Sally podcast, mm-hmm. you, your, your focus was split with what? Are you honestly going to bring up something yes, like this? Yes, I'm going to bring it up. What, what were you really focused on? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, getting Taylor Swift tickets for Ireland. Did you get the Taylor Swift tickets? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I had the worst week It wasn't ever. a good week. Tell people, actually. Tell I, I got sick. I think I wound myself up so much over the whole Taylor Swift thing that I made myself sick. And I spent two full days sitting, waiting for tickets between both Ireland and Edinburgh. I helped you. You well, did. To be fair, you did. You endured it. But I endured this. And then... I, God, what else happened? Oh, I got laptop. scammed. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, my laptop broke. Oh, Your laptop that was, broke first. Yeah. yeah, my laptop broke. And then I got scammed on four tickets for a gig to see the Coronas. Mm-hmm. So it was just one of those weeks where everything went wrong. It, it wasn't a great week. I had no. a great week. I was... Well, that's good for you, Connie. Yeah, no, I, I was chill. I got a good results in college and... Mm-hmm. Um, you did. Yeah, no, I was, I was in a great mood and you were just killing the buzz. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Pretty much all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, we talked about When Harry Met Sally, which is a film we both really like. Yeah. This week, we said that every fifth episode, you get to choose the film. And you chose a film that I wouldn't have chosen. I think you, you chose it for a reason. It's quite timely. Mm. Uh, but yeah, tell us what the film was. I chose. chose Interstellar. Yeah. Yeah. Directed by Christopher Nolan. Written by himself and his brother, Jonathan Nolan. Mm-hmm. Um, bizarre choice. So obviously to choose a Christopher Nolan film the week that Oppenheimer came out. It's so weird. It's just a pure coincidence, though. It was, yeah. You had chosen it a while ago, so we went mm. to see it. In May or June. Was it May? Yeah, May in or around, June. In around, yeah. We went to see it in the Omniplex. We did. They were they were doing a few kind of... Classic, retro. amazing films. They weren't classics, They're not classics like, but you know what I mean. Most of them were last 10 years, but yeah. But you know what I mean. We saw Pulp Fiction and... It, and Which is a classic. Which is a classic, to yes. be fair. And we booked... Did I, did I tell you that, oh, you'd really like this? or You, you were remember? very worried I would hate it. Yeah, I was. I remember that. I remember the worry you had was, it's nearly three hours long. I don't know if you're going to sit through this happily. Yeah. And I... Like, it was a long movie, but... You were so shocked when we came out, and I loved it. You absolutely loved it. Yeah. Before we get on, maybe we should just quickly mention Oppenheimer, because we went to see that. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. You loved it. I yeah. loved it. Full five-star film to me. I think it was great, and we won't do any spoilers of Oppenheimer. Yeah. Uh, but I think it, it's it's worth saying that it's not 
If you if you've seen all of Christopher Nolan's films, it it's not a Christopher Nolan film in that there's no massive spectacle about it. There's no mm-hmm. huge set pieces and stuff. And even the bomb, we see it all through Oppenheimer's eyes. So it's much more a character study. It is, but it's still it does still feel like a Christopher Nolan film. It does. It rattles along the the yeah. way his film filmmaking is kind of really kind of the and the whole back and forth, back and forth kind of. Yeah. You know, some people find his films quite confusing, but yeah. I felt that one was straightforward considering yeah. there was a few like, you know, t- not, is it time lapses nearly? Time like there jumps. Was jumps yeah, between yeah. different times when things were happening. I'm not going to spoil yeah, yeah, anything, but, but it, it was great. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good film. Um, now, I'm trying to think how many film, how many Christopher Nolan films you've seen. I've seen a good few at this stage. So I don't think you've seen Memento. I have, have no. It? No, we started it, oh, but did we? Uh, okay. your sister Alex, who we didn't get a review offer for this week. Oh but, yeah, I didn't get to watch uh, it with her. Yeah, we were about fifteen minutes into Memento with her, and she hated. She it. said, "Can we watch something else?" So we did. Yeah. Um, so you haven't seen Memento. You haven't seen The Dark Knight Rises. That's the third mm-hmm. one. Yeah. You. I think that's it. No, you haven't seen Insomnia. No, I haven't. Either. No. And you haven't seen the following or following as his first one, but we probably wouldn't. Wouldn't watch that together now. True. Um, but you've seen most of it. So where does both Interstellar and Oppenheimer rank? Like with Inception, Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Dunkirk, Tenet, all those. Where would you kind of put? I really liked Tenet as well, actually. But I, I think I saw it twice. And, you know, the first time I was like, what in God's name is happening right now? Because there's so many different time jumps and such a confusing movie and you kind of at the very end you're kind of going what just happened yeah but i still really liked it um i like analyzing films you see and trying to figure out what the filmmakers are doing and so that's why i've always liked christopher nolan films because of that i don't know like i think like i loved oppenheimer and it's a three-hour film Mm. but i did not feel those three hours going by at all which is huge and i did feel it with interstellar so i do think oppenheimer for me comes before interstellar on that ranking because i didn't feel time going by and that's a big thing for me it's a massive thing for you yeah like if i if i get restless or if i'm in any way checking the time Mm. i know that i don't adore the film but it's funny because i did love interstellar and i will come to my issues along the way with it but like i did find it quite long i loved it i I thought that the okay well let's let's get into the the hits and the misses to fantastic figure out like I will say before we do it, just my my history with the film. Mm-hmm. I've seen it now three times, and each time has been in the cinema. Okay. So I, the first time I saw it, twenty fourteen, saw it in a cinema in Dublin. I liked it enough. Second time I saw it in the Palace, yeah, in Galway, and I really liked it that time. Really yeah. like I was I was properly into it. And this time, I think it, I, it keeps cementing. I think it's a five star film to me now, oh, but it right. wasn't to begin with. And I think it's just because. It, it requires rewatches, but and yeah. maybe that should be a miss. But anyway, we'll get into okay. it. So, hits. What parts of this film were a massive hit or a success for you? Um, so, I, I love kind of science-y space films. I think they're really fascinating. Like, I'd never go to space, but I get a thrill out of that kind of genre. And I love when they're really factual. And I think it stays as close as it can to theoretical science and mm. Einstein's theory and everything. And it might not be completely accurate, but I found it fascinating from the point of view of them trying to be as factual as science to date can be with the information that we have. So they had this Dr. Kip Thorne Mm -hmm. consulting the film and a lot of the 
theoretical science they use is based on his work. Yeah. And he expanded on Einstein's theories of gravity. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to get so many facts wrong. I didn't want to do this film. Okay. <laughs> I know there's so many scientific facts there's that we're just so, going to get wrong. Connor, there's so many movies but, um, of yours I haven't wanted to do, but we're yeah, here, aren't okay, we? Fair enough. But anyway, Kip Thorne, <laughs> um, he, yeah, he, he helped on the film, but he tried to keep everything as, as grounded as possible in yeah. kind of reality. And supposedly he said with Christopher Nolan at one point that you have to keep everything as real as possible. I'll help you with this film as long as you do that. Yeah. And Nolan agreed. And then they went into a two week standoff because he want Nolan wanted the characters to be traveling at the speed of light at one point. Okay. And Kip Thorne was standing his ground. He wasn't allowing anything. Yeah. Anything. So anyway, uh, so yeah, the science it's, it's, it is fascinating. It is. It, yeah. Whether we fully understand it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go with my first hit. The, the physical sets and uh, in the film compared to like other films that are using fully green screen and everything. It pretty amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. Pretty amazing. I mean he I'll go into some of the things he built, but I, I, I just found shooting on the locations, they they shot in Iceland and things like that, and it just it it works so much better. Yeah. And even the way that like the robots move, they were they were puppeteered basically. Yeah. Tars and I can't remember what the other one was called. But okay. they, um, yeah, they, they, it's very, very real. And uh, yeah, it, it, it just ages well. It was nine, nine years old now. And mm-hmm. some films that came out last year have already looked, looked yeah, pretty Yeah, they bad, look so. worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for your second hit. Um, this sounds really, really weird in what I'm going to say, but I thought it was a really great way to scaremonger in terms of, now I know that sounds weird, yeah. but in terms of the earth falling apart because mm. it felt very realistic and... God knows that's where the world could end up. I mean, we're seeing a lot of very rapid changes in the earth at the moment. Like there was a tornado recently in mm. Milan. Like yeah. what is going on? The world is just changing so quickly before our eyes. And I felt like that movie really captured what could happen. And it's interesting. I didn't I didn't feel it was preaching about... No, not even slightly. It felt like, it felt futuristic, but it yeah. didn't feel like it was trying to make a point. Yeah. Do you know? Good. Yeah, I like that. Uh... Number two for me, the the ambition of Christopher Nolan in general, just mm-hmm. how big he wants to make his films, and like Oppenheimer, strangely, is is the most grounded film he's probably ever done. Yeah, but uh, I mean, with this, that's are you hungry? <laughs> A little bit. Is your stomach interrupting me here? Yes, it is. Great, <laughs> Jesus! We better hurry this up, or else you'll become just very tough to deal with. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I just think he continues to try and push himself yeah. in huge ways. And I, I, I'm I'm a fan of Tenet. I don't think it works in every way, but I still looked at it and went, he was trying to tell a mad story there. Uh, yeah, and do you know what? Like, again, with Tenet, as a comparison to this film, because mm. there's obviously a lot of fact behind it, yeah. I feel like Tenet's not for everybody. Yeah, I feel yeah, like it not. is for people who really appreciate film and want to kind of read into it yeah whatever and I like Tenet but if I had to rank all of Christopher Nolan's films yeah. it would be very close to the bottom really you know, very close okay. now I'd put Interstellar kind of mid-tier to okay. be honest really oh my I goodness would. Okay. I would but anyway uh, I still think his ambition in this just he, he wanted to learn more about science and he wanted to show more about science I thought it was great yeah go for it go for your what second third my third yeah. I actually have four. Oh. um my third one was that I love the cast 
like I, it's a flat out yeah, excellent yeah. Cast. cast like I love Anne Hathaway and I love Matthew McConaughey and mm. to be honest Macon- the list Ma- Matthew Mahu 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 Ma- I'm not saying it again Matthew Mahu <laughs> okay we'll just call him Matthew Mahu from now on <laughs> um, yeah I, I was sold from the beginning with all of the cast members yeah like and I'll I, say as well like it's mad when, when I went back to watch it the second time in the palace a few years ago mm. and I was like oh there's Timothy Chalamet like he yeah. wasn't Timothy Chalamet in 2014 that's you know? true um, yeah, yeah. which is mad and I thought the casting of Casey Affleck as the older version yeah oh that was I, on point like, it, oh it was it worked for mm. some reason um, I don't know how but yeah. I, and I, it didn't register to me that it was Casey until like I'd say after the movie I think yeah. maybe you might have said to me and I was like wait what yeah 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 it's mad I'll say, my, so my third one was the emotional core of the film. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what was missing from Tenet. Okay. Tenet seemed, oh, we had this theory of things going backwards and forwards at the same time. And, but you didn't care about any of the characters at all. Yeah. Whereas with this, you had the father-daughter relationship. Yeah. And you had, he was doing all this for his children, for the future of his children. Yeah. More, you felt like it was more for his children than for... The yeah, rest of the planet, I mean, you know? That's true. When you kind of think of the whole premise, you're like, it's a father trying to do do something good for their for his kids. And, while you know, sacrificing while his sacrificing whole his life. life. But it's a lot of parents would do that for their kids. Do you yeah, know? yeah. So I I just thought the core of that worked better in this film than than in many of his other films. Yeah. But yeah, beautiful beautiful like really I mean, everyone's seen the meme of him watching the video. Mm-hmm. I will say, sorry, we're spoiling Interstellar here. We're going to continue to spoil it. So yeah, but please, please have watched it. But the yes. video of when he, uh, he he comes off that planet, it's like 30, 25 years have passed or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And he gets the videos from yeah. from from home and he starts crying at that. The acting it's, is outstanding. It's there. so scarily good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. Go on. You have a fourth. My bit. fourth was just that I liked the score. I, I mm-hmm. like scores and everything though yeah, yeah anything that's Hans Zimmer I'm going to be yeah obsessed fair with fair enough let's move on to misses I only have two oh, but I have, I, I have two but they're big ones but yeah go for Ooh, it okay well okay so I said for my first hit or miss sorry I said that I felt it got a bit too weird towards the end I didn't like the whole like time warpiness you know messages mm. from the future and us figuring out that oh that was him when you know things were coming you know the yeah. dust flying off the you know, the way there was like dust flying off the shelf or something. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we discovered that that's him, I was just like, ah, this is getting a bit weird. So I, I see, I don't actually mind the plot there and I don't mind the reveal, but it was so convoluted mm. that they, it, it kind of turned into them constantly explaining the science. Yeah, that's true. And I was like, I, I think it was a little bit, in, in Tenet, they actually tell us very early on, don't try too hard to think about this like yeah. just go along with it yeah and I, I would have liked a little bit more of that yeah it is so complicated but yeah yeah and I was just trying to analyze it and I was like wait hang on a minute is this fact fiction I don't really understand now I was getting yeah. a bit too confused towards the end because up until then you can kind of understand the science behind it even yeah. if you're not interested in science you're like oh this is okay so I, I can kind of get it yeah right? okay so I I, I, will, I just I tried for myself to write out what the plot is okay. at the end of it. It's weird. So they're at, on Earth, they've been trying to solve this gravitational equ- equation. Yes. And the only way to solve it they was actually being in the black hole. Yeah. The robot took a load of readings mm-hmm. to help solve 
the equation and McConaughey sent those readings via gravity <laughs> basically yeah. through uh, through time to the younger Murph the young, his, yeah. his daughter at a younger age and then it took her many many years to actually Figure decode it, it and yeah. solve it that gravitational equation she, sco- she solved uh, allowed them to do to create this space station that's kind of cylindrical yeah and it, it it's constantly turning mm-hmm. and it's simulating gravity okay so they're able to live there so that's the final thing that yeah. i was so annoyed by i did not know where they were at the very end of the movie yeah yeah you actually were right you thought it was on the rings of saturn I was but like, Is this it's very saturn? close to saturn and that's only because there's a plot point where they go missing and we don't know what the story is and then all of a sudden they're on this ring mm. and it's almost assumed that's where they could be because the last place you saw them was right beside saturn yeah yeah in the middle of like nowhere basically yeah. so it it you see, it takes so long to understand it that I'm kind of like, why why do it this complicated? Yeah. You know, because it's very just, I don't know. It, you lose the emotional bit a little bit. That's when true. You start when, you, when you're constantly nearly just overthinking it. Yeah, yeah. You want to just be in the moment, not worrying about. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That kind of thing. Uh, okay. Go for your second miss. Well, that was my second miss when I oh, said sorry. that I didn't understand where they were at the end of the movie. I was like, is this Saturn? Okay. Is it a, the Ring of Saturn? I don't get it because yeah. I was like, you wouldn't be able to live on the Ring of Saturn. So I'm actually really confused. Yeah. So enough. that was, that was my miss. That's your second. So go for a, a third. Do you have three? I do have three. I just, yeah. my third was, I felt it was that little bit too long. Okay. Yeah. I think yep, they could have cut maybe 20, 25 minutes out of it. I don't think they could. I don't mm, think they could. You but, never know. But yeah. Well, maybe actually there is one bit that they could cut out because my second miss mm. is to do with the Casey Affleck storyline with his family. So in it, the dust is making his kid sicker. Yeah. And Jes- Jessica Chastain is trying to force them to come to leave the farm. Yeah. And I, I kind of didn't care because a lot bigger things were happening up in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that I wanted to keep getting back to. I get it. I think... It was showing that if we did need to leave, there are going to be people that are like, no, I'm going to stand my ground and leave. And I get that. And then you also needed the plot for her to get back into the her, her bedroom, yeah. to the bookshelf and everything. I get all of it, but I just, I wasn't pulled into the Casey Affleck storyline. Yeah, Simple neither else. was I. I honestly forgot that he was in it until I went to go recap. So yeah, yeah. it definitely isn't a massive... Yeah, kind of so that, I just, yeah, so maybe they could have cut 15 yes, minutes off, but maybe. That, yeah, for sure. Mm. So that's the end of our hits and misses. Let's move on to Connor's movie explaining corner. So these are the facts that I fully believe are vital to know to uh, expand your, your, your enjoyment of the film. Mm, we'll see. So number one, guess who was originally supposed to direct this film? Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. So back in, I think it was 2006, he signed on to direct it, but he, or he, he might have come up with the idea or something. I don't know. But he got Jonathan Nolan, Christopher Nolan's brother, to write the script. And then I think it was six years of developing it. And then Steven Spielberg walked away and Jonathan Nolan suggested to the studio his brother make it. Wow. Yeah. What a huge thing. Wow. It's amazing. Uh, This isn't really a fact about the film, but I... I was just looking up the cast. Uh, young Jessica Chastain. Young Murph. Yeah, Mackenzie Foy. Mackenzie Foy. Do you know what she's in? Twilight. Yeah. She's Renesmee 
Renesme. Yeah, I looked. <laughs> I saw that on her IMDb, and I was like, "Is that the?" So I, I think I watched every Twilight except Breaking Dawn Part Two. Oh yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know which ones I've seen. I always just remember that weird name, Renesme. Yeah, but what happens? <laughs> Does Chris Stewart have a baby and it grows up really fast or something? It, they, I, they just have a baby called Renesme, and I think it nearly kills Kristen Stewart to have this baby because it's oh, like it's eating her from the inside or yeah. some weird stuff. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's not a movie spending thing, but I just saw that and thought it was weird. Yeah. Uh, right, so the spacecrafts that are used in the film, yeah, they're both made by using miniatures mm-hmm. and also full-size models. So they're actually made by... Oh, cool. So it, it, Nolan doesn't like doing uh, computer-generated stuff if he doesn't have to. Yeah, you know? we, so that's a big best. thing with Christopher Nolan. Which and I as love. well, what he did... Uh, when they were in the spacecraft and looking out the windows, rather than having green screen all around there, he actually had projections or or screens around that are showing space and what's going mm-hmm. on because he wanted the actors to have something proper to uh, react to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, things like that. Oh, he's just the man. I love him. Uh, so all the... Do you remember the interviews at the start of the film? No. So it starts with... Uh, a bunch of kind of elderly American people talking about I the do remember dust this. and talking about their their farms being killed and all that. Kind I of thing. remember that, and it's really weird because I remember thinking of when Harry met Sally. That's going. Th- this kind of feels similar. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what that was. Those people were real. Yes, they're okay. from an actual documentary. Wow. Called the Dust Bowl by a famous documentary maker Ken Burns, and they were all talking about in the nineteen thirties. There was something called the Dust Bowl, where uh, American and Canadian prairies kind of got mm-hmm. destroyed by th- these dust storms, uh, these sandstorms, and you know, really killing agriculture and the ecology of many, many areas. So, Ken Burns released the documentary in like 2010, and Chris Nolan asked, "Could he use some of the uh, interviews to put wow. into Interstellar?" It's so, a good idea. Bizarre, bizarre. Uh, number five, this is hilarious. So John Lithgow, who plays uh, McConaughey's, sorry, Macahoo, uh, <laughs> his father-in-law. John Lithgow, so that character, it's, it never says what year it's based in, mm-hmm. but it implies that that character is a millennial like us. Oh, okay. Because he's talking about, oh, my day, baseball had real baseballs and hot dogs and all yeah, this kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's, a, it's just a weird little thing. So Anne Hathaway, mm-hmm. at the end of the film, she chooses to go looking for Edmonds, yeah, uh, a, a astronaut that she had a romantic relationship. Yeah, with. she's she goes on about him quite a lot, actually. quite too much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so she chooses to go to find him, but because of the way the time had moved, mm-hmm. when she arrived at that planet, he had been either there or dead. For yeah. 85 to 90 years. Oh my god. So it kind of made... No I, sense. No sense for her to continue. Was she hoping that time was travelling just as slowly there? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it was um, trying to show that time was different everywhere. You yeah. Know, yeah. I just, I, that. I, I just read a kind of scientific breakdown on the time in it. And yeah, it, it doesn't work. No. It doesn't work there. Uh, do you remember what the first line that Murph says in the film is? No. It's just great when you know where the film goes. Uh, her dad comes in and she says, I thought you were the ghost. Oh. And, and he you, was the ghost. That's, that's the end. so yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah. It's just Didn't good. Talk that. 
this is one of two films featuring Jessica Chastain where people are trying to rescue Matt Damon (laughs) stranded on another planet oh my god I didn't even think of that and The Martian came out the year after this what and uh, I love The Martian it's 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 a great one, but two very different films with. Very. There's actually just a whole load of films where Matt Damon needs to be rescued. Yeah, a whole load of them. Uh, this is something weird about Christopher Nolan. He likes to cast people who ha- have previously been in movies that have something to do with this film, mm-hmm. right? So, for instance, John Lithgow. He was in a film I never knew existed. I, I had to look this up. He was in the sequel to a very famous film called 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. I've heard of this. Yeah, you heard of that. Yeah. The sequel came out, it was called 2010, The Year We Made Contact. Okay. Never heard of that. Mm. Stanley Kubrick did not make the sequel, but John Lithgow was in it and very similar plots. Uh, and also, there's quick clips of this actor called Will- William Devane, who plays the president in Interstellar. Yes. And he was in a film called Time Stalkers, where in that film, messages are being sent through time that lead a man to, like, a top-secret military and possibly NASA base. Very similar plots. Yeah. So, I don't know, Nolan always tends to do that. Even even Matt Damon, you know, getting found or getting rescued by people. Nolan just tends to make decisions with the cast Mm -mm -mm. to do with something other than just the role. Yeah, I like that. It's interesting. And finally, just a a nice little simple one, uh, all the cornfields. Mm-hmm on the farm they they grew the corn specifically for the film what and then at the end they sold the corn and made a profit oh my god that's such a good idea mad isn't it wow that's the end of my movie explaining I could have tried to do more scientific explanations but I don't uh, I don't have any Uh, let's move on to Andrea's Look Like Corner which we have to say the Look Like Corner has way more fans Mm-hmm. than I could have ever imagined. Because You're not does good this. at it. I, I still am. stand by that. No, I am. I am. And you're not going to change that. People have come back to us and have said that they agree with me. And no, no, no. And they have said that they like it. And no, 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 don't. You're giving me a face. Sorry. I am saying it now and I want it said loud and clear. I get it right every single time. To- I get it right every single time because people have said it and they have come back going, oh my God, I've thought the exact same thing too. So, I'm not uh, denying that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that we might be exposing a, a kind of epidemic of face blindness in Ireland uh, <laughs> because of that. But anyway, go, on, go for it. Your lookalikes. Which actors in this film uh, look like someone else? God, it's such a crap category. Go well, on. It's really not. <laughs> it is. It's go on, go on, because, go on. But Connor, everyone does this. You know when you're watching a movie and you're like, Jesus, that one reminds me of Yeah, but one. some people just keep it to themselves rather than talk well, about I it. Well, I have I have to talk about it. It's okay. important to go, get it go, out. Go, 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 go. Okay. So I, the first one I said was Mackenzie Foy, who obviously plays young Murph and uh, Renee Esme, as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't look like her, but she's grown up a lot since. But she reminds me of Lord, the musician. There's something there. They look quite like there's a face. No, have you seen Mackenzie Foy today? No, but I just you've just pointed out someone that literally nobody knows. Who okay, they look well like. that's the first one. Does people, anyone listening to this actually know what Lord looks like without having to Google? I doubt it. Lord, the musician. Yeah, I've you heard her songs. The, no, 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 no. You're the only person who doesn't. She was she was renowned for what she okay. did on TikTok for telling I, everyone to shush. I guess Do I you just remember? believe that. I, yeah, well, yeah. you better believe it. Okay. You can Google it. You have your phone. Anyways, moving on. 
the obvious one which everyone mixes up is Jessica Chastain and Bryce Dallas Howard. Like, that's a very famous they, one. Yeah, they look like, yeah. Yeah, they look the same. You're um, not getting any credits for that. Go on. I, I am, though. Nope. It has to be said. Go on. Okay, my next one, which is, I always say this to you whenever we watch movies with either of these two people in it, but I always think that Matt Damon, will fr- he will always remind me of Jesse Plemons. Oh, yeah. That's, and, that's and, also very well known. And Oh, yeah, you said this one to me now, and I think this is ridiculous, but go on. It's how you said, you agreed with me. You agreed with me. I don't me. think I did. You agreed S- with say me. Say it first and then... Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Hoffman. Seymour Hoffman and Matt Damon. They're, no. Co-stars young, from now, um, no, Mr. Ripley. They but you need to Google. Like. You need to Google a young Philip. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, I... No. I don't You are see doing it. this for the, the podcast. <laughs> he not. agreed with me the other day. When I said it, he went, oh my gosh, I see it. they were both blonde and pasty. I don't... No, I think you that are, was it. He's a liar. Can we just like cancel this show now? Blonde, of, I'm going out with a liar. Man, go on. That's, that's it I'm done I'm, I'm so Can't. angry right now that you are lying on live like recording I'm not lying I'm disgraced I'm disgusted with you they, they have similar eyes how about that just I'm do- okay we're, we're moving on I'm okay. annoyed at right, you right, fair enough <laughs> right so we're going to move on to the movie splaining questionnaire uh, so these are 10 quick fire questions for both myself and Andrea to answer so favourite performer of the movie um, well, I said Christopher Nolan. Mm. He was phenomenal with this film. But I also said Anne Hathaway. I think she was kind of... I think everyone would go to Matthew and say yeah. him. But I actually really liked her performance. She was good in it. Yeah. I'm going to come to her in another category. But yeah, I, I said McConaughey and Nolan. I actually think Matt Damon was great. He was, but I felt like he wasn't in it enough. But he was he good at playing They kept it. that a secret. As in, he yeah. was on none of the promotional Honestly, it was such a confusing yeah. one. And from what I remember, he wasn't very nice in it. And yeah. we were like, Jesus, he's a bit of a dick. Which I liked again, <laughs> you know? I think that should happen more. Yeah. But yeah, probably probably McConaughey or Nolan would be yeah, the objective. But, yeah, but Matthew yeah. is definitely like the obvious standout yeah. one because he's the main performer. It, it, was, it was in the middle of the McConaissance, as, <laughs> as it's called. Um, wow. Right, quote to live by. I have two. So, um... The first one, which I felt was very thought-provoking, was we didn't run out of television screens and planes. We ran out of food. Yeah. I felt that was just... It made me think. That's what's going to happen, yeah. And the second one was our survival instinct is our single greatest source of inspiration. Mm. There's a lot of quotes in this that Mm, really kind of... makes you think, yeah. The one I went for, once you're a parent, you're the ghost of your children's future. Oh, Right, so obviously that wow. has major ties to the plot, but also we, it's something to think about. It is. Know. There's a lot of that throughout yeah. it. Favourite scene? Um, I loved the scene where they were on the new planet and the giant tidal wave yeah. was coming very slowly. Do you? I have the same one. I just felt really, I was really tense the whole time. But the minute you're told... That everything's I, moving slowly. What is it, an hour on that planet is... It's like four years, seven years, something ridiculous like that. You're like, oh my and god! And I did get the calculations so that it, it it means that every one and a half seconds on that planet is a day on Earth. That's insane. So the minute they start going on the planet, you're like, all right, hurry up, hurry up. Yeah, hurry up. So your the tension there is brilliant. You're trying to be like, get mm. out of there. Yeah, yeah very good. Uh, recasting the film. Okay. Could we could we change any cast members? Should we change any cast members? Yeah. Well, like. The cast are incredible and it would be definitely hard to change it. But I, I like challenging other actors to mm. similar roles. So 
I did have, I, I recast kind of the main few. So for the first one, which was um, Cooper, which is Matthew's um, mm. character, I said Chris Evans. I feel like he'd be really good and bold. And yeah. he's a strong kind of person. So I yeah. feel like that would work. Um, for Brand, who was who played by Anne Hathaway, mm. I said Emily Blunt. Ah, yeah. Just Emily Blunt in anything. Yeah, I just, I'd love to see her in something Emily like that. Emily Blunt in literally anything she's I mean, brilliant I think she's up there with Tom Hanks for me that I just want to see yeah, um, yeah. you just constantly want to watch her mm. um, for the older version of Murph which was played by Jessica Chastain I said Emma Stone because I feel like I've never seen her in anything too serious and I'd love to see it mm. but like it's not an improvement but I, Chastain mm, it's not about being an improvement okay. though I thought that's what this category is No, about. I'm not trying okay. to improve anyone because I think the cast is fine as it is. But I'm saying if it was to be like a recast film or if they were to do it again, okay. let's say, I'd like to see actors challenge themselves okay. to these roles. Fair and enough. I feel like she's somebody that does very light, fun, wispy roles. Mm. I'd love to see her doing something serious for a change. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Anyone else? Um, yeah, for the guy, oh, who, oh um, what's his name? We were just talking about him. Matthew McConaughey. No, no, the other one. <laughs> The other one. John Why am Lithgow? I having... This is a brain fart right now. <laughs> Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Right. <laughs> His character. Um, and I don't know if it's because brand by association, their friends, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, yeah. Yeah. yeah I expected that. Did you? I did. Um, I I kind of... I didn't want to change anyone. Yeah. Because this is... This was an amazing cast. I mean, there's six acting Oscar winners. Mm-hmm in the cast and three others that were nominated yeah and that's so, the thing I wouldn't necessarily yeah. change them I do again. have one suggestion okay you swap Jessica Chastain and Anne Hathaway's characters no I disagree no I thought Anne Hathaway was perfect do you know what it sounds so weird but she was really good at playing um, what's his name his daughter or her, her dad in it why am I having another brain fart? Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Amazing actor. <laughs> but I thought they were really well suited as father and daughter. No, I didn't. Oh, I thought it was really well done. Yeah. I don't know. I, I wanted to see more Jessica Chastain in it. I think she's... But I think Anne Hathaway is a stronger talent. character. Or yeah. a stronger actor, sorry. Do you? Yeah. Ooh. Like, you haven't seen Jessica Chastain doing, like, light rom-coms and kind of... She'd the lighter them. musicals and stuff. We don't know that. We don't know if she can sing. We don't know if she can dance. Whereas we, we've seen okay, Anne Hathaway so do Anne everything. Anne Hathaway is more of a range, but I think Jessica Chastain, when it comes to drama, is just far better. But that's only one category. Okay. Whereas okay. I, we, I've seen Anne Hathaway do everything. We're not going to agree on this one. We're not no, going to agree. I think Anne's way better. Uh, phone watch. We were in a cinema without uh, reception, but if you had reception how many times did you pick up your phone well I, I didn't pick up my phone but I did check the time once or twice because okay. I was kind of going this is dragging but my thing is if you pick up your phone through this film you're going to be lost you're going to be absolutely lost mm. so yeah, that's true you, yeah. sh- you shouldn't this film made you want to watch what what would be a good kind of pairing with this uh, The Martian The Martian easy yeah. answer I have a weird one because it made me think of a film that I either haven't seen mm-hmm or I saw bits of when I was a kid. It's called Contact. And it, it, it has uh, Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. And it's about trying to make contact with extraterrestrials. It's something I'm dying to rewatch. Or maybe it, was, it is a watch for Because I just have these small images of the film in my head. But I, yeah, that's one. Okay. But yeah, The Martian. Yeah, fair enough. Could this film be a West End musical? No. No. <laughs> don't, don't do that. What is the MCU connection? Did you 
do any research into that or do you have any I, I couldn't even think. I found more DC connections than yeah. I did yeah. MCU in my head. Well, so I, I, I kind of found two. Okay. But I, I was actually struggling. And then I remember there was a very obvious one. Oh, really? So uh, I was struggling at first and I, I had a thin one, which is the voice of one of the two robots. is mm-hmm. this guy, Josh Stewart. He was the villain in season two of The Punisher. The It was originally a Netflix series. They were kind of MCU connection or MCU adjacent. It was it was kind of unclear. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, is that it? And then I remembered Matt Damon. Matt Damon was in Thor Ragnarok and Thor Love and Thunder. Oh my he god, was he was, in, I remember, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what it is. Oh, that's so funny. So that's the easy one. Um, how many stars have you given this film? Like, I kind of hummed and hawed over this. I was going to give it four and a half because of the length of it. Mm. But then I was like, is that really a reason to give it? That, it it's your problem. No, but... I haven't finished. Okay, sorry. Mister. I left it at, at five stars because it is a masterpiece of a film. Yeah. But I, I did kind of go, oh, but it was really long. Yeah. But that's my own issue. Like, and I'm aware of that. I, I've, I have given it five stars. I didn't give it five stars when I first saw it. Like I said, I think it is now. But should that bring it down? I think it's probably four and a half. And if I had to rank Nolan films, it's probably sixth or seventh. For me, so just to quote yourself, you are so wrong. <laughs> I think it's four and a half. I think, I think it does get too uh, expositiony at the end. It's like, oh, something's happening, but we have to tell you everything that's happening rather than showing us. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna downgrade it from five stars to four. You're and so half. wrong. You're Maybe wrong. I'll watch it again and go. No, it's actually five stars. Um, yeah, I'm conflicted on it. Mm. Would you watch it again? Yes. Yeah, I think. I think I would, but I, I, having seen it three times in the cinema, I'd almost like to keep it like that. Are you being really mean because this is my movie choice? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I swear. Because you are just poking absolute daggers into my heart right now, one by one. No, like, it's, it's better than a lot of films. But honestly, if this was your week, you'd be like, it's amazing. But look, it's not as good as Dunkirk. Uh, I don't think it's as good as Inception. I love Inception. Mm, uh, I don't know. It, it's many people would say it's not as good as The Dark Knight uh, yeah, Memento Oppenheimer it's better than Tenet but you know I, oh it's I, way I, better than Tenet but it, when you look at all those other films and you're like can, can I give this one five stars as well I don't know you're wrong just okay. I think Sorry. that's it I'm done I'm annoyed <laughs> I, this episode has changed my perception I almost of the don't want to ask the last question yeah you shouldn't how smarmy was I during this you know what you weren't even smarmy you were just rude <laughs> you were just you were hurtful you set out to upset me and I feel again that it was just because I decided what the movie was See, this I week I always thought you'd get this annoyed by just me being overly like into a film but it's, it's actually the opposite no it's it's do you know what it is I don't care if you're overly enthusiastic about a film of your choice but be just as enthusiastic <laughs> when it's my choice I, w- I was I did all the research and I, I gave some good good movie explaining no? you did but then you criticised it along the way as well and just hurt me okay. I feel personally attacked I ch- feel like I'm Christopher Nolan do you right have now. any ideas what you want to do for your for our 10th film for your next choice I have a few ideas lined up. I'm not going to tell you, though. Okay. I feel like I, I don't even know if we'll get to the 10th episode at yeah, this rate. It's, it's not looking good. <laughs> it's not looking good. Right, so thanks so much for listening, folks. That is all from us. That's our fifth episode. 
so we are in an independent podcast. So if you would like to support and help us grow our listenership, you can do that in three ways. One is to follow us on Instagram at Moviesplaining to my girlfriend and share our posts. We have TikTok now as well, don't we? We do. So you can look us up on TikTok. Uh, please share any of our posts. Uh, you can share the podcast episodes from Spotify or Apple directly to your social media. You can send it to your friends and family. All, any and all sharing would be a massive help to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, you can subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you listen to. Uh, three is to go to Apple Podcast, give us a five-star rating and write a review. The writing the review is a massive help when it comes to the algorithm getting uh, people to discover us more easily. Next week, we are going into the comedy genre with an absolutely brilliant film. It's our first non-American made film. Uh, are you excited about this film? No. I think we should tell people. I think it'll, it'll be good. People can go off and watch this film. And I guarantee mm-hmm. you people will be delighted yeah. with a reason to watch this film. Yeah, but there's... Before we mention what film it is, there's two films that cast have the same kind of similar cast. Yeah. And I prefer the other one. Do you? Mm, way more. Okay. I love it. And I just find this is kind of a downgrade. So I'm sad that well, we're doing this one. Guys, if you want to prepare for the podcast next week, please find Hot Fuzz on any of your streaming platforms or Blu-ray because, oh, it's so good. Yeah, but it's not as good as... Well, you ha- we haven't watched this again. So we're going to watch this before next week. Are we? Yeah. We might. I don't know how I feel about you right now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm going to end the episode very quickly before we break up on air. This episode was produced and edited brilliantly by Andrea Tai. Isn't she so talented? Uh, Our fantastic theme song was written by Dara O'Brien and performed by Dara O'Brien and Kathy Gardner. Thanks so much, folks. We will see you next week. Anything left to say? I don't like you. (laughs) Goodbye. I just found you hurtful. Sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. And I'm not watching it with you. I'll watch it on my own. I feel like if I watch it with you, I'll just get mad. You make me so mad. Sorry. <laughs> like, I do like you, but not all the time. <laughs> I love you too, mommy, but I don't like you all the time.